Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hi there, you beautiful soul. How are you today? I don't know about you, but the last month has totally kicked my butt. I have got a cosmic kick in the butt this month And it seems like there is just challenge after challenge with no break or no reprieve. And I'm not going to lie, it has been a really hard month. And I'm not going to get into all the reasons here. But what I want to say is I am really being challenged right now and I'm really being pressed. And what is keeping me afloat is that I am having to lean in to all of the things that I've learned I'm having to lean into the connections that I have. And I'm leaning in to the fact that I have a deep belief that when we are presented with challenges in our life, it's a blessing and it's an opportunity to be able to confront more of ourself and to look at more of myself in all of this challenge. And it doesn't always come easily in the moment, but I really am doing the work right now. And there are times where I want to lay in bed. There's times where I want to quit. There's times where I don't feel like doing something. And it has just been grueling. But I know deep down in my heart that this time is trying to show me something that I need to learn right now, that I need to learn for my journey. And I trust that I'm going to pass through this time And that everything is unfolding in the exact perfect time, even if it sucks and even if it's hard. And so if you're having a hard time right now, I just want to say, I see you, I feel you, I'm with you. And we don't have to let it define us. We can acknowledge that things are hard and challenging and that we're going through something, but also we can lean into our beliefs or to other people and their beliefs and connections. And we can lean into the love that's just waiting for you to give it to yourself because you're always there with you. You're the one. You witness everything. I just took a really amazing workshop with my friend and client, Chirsty, and it was a workshop about shadow work. And it was really incredible. And it brought some things up that I didn't even realize I wasn't looking at. And so that was another layer and another gift. The reminder from that workshop is that even if you didn't get the kind of love that you wanted as a kid, or you felt rejected, or maybe you feel rejected right now or not loved, that no matter what, that you are the one, the part of yourself that is eternal, is always with you, witnessing you, loving you, guiding you, being with you. And that is a powerful notion when we practice it and embrace it and really get that in a lot of ways, what matters the most is that we have our own back and we can see ourselves and we can give what we need to ourselves. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have our needs met or that we shouldn't be in relationships that support us and give us what we need. 
but it does mean that when things get tough, how do you show up for yourself? I just wanted to say that today's episode, it's a little bit more personal and vulnerable than I get typically. And I think it's important to do that because I think that so many of the times we want to present ourselves as the after picture. We want to, you know, we're willing to show the before picture, but only when we're in that after moment. And I think that there is power in that. But also, I think there's extreme power and vulnerability and beauty in being really authentic and human as to what we're walking through. And I just wanted to take some time today to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart that I've been going through. And I ha- I do have some wisdom and some knowledge, and I've gathered some information as to how to walk through this, but it's also something that I'm currently walking through. And that is this topic of how to grieve a loss when the person is still living. That is a different kind of loss. And of course, no grief, no loss is the same. And we never compare grief. We shouldn't compare our grief or losses to anyone else. I'm assuming and I bet that if you're listening to this podcast, that at some point in your life, you either have had in the past or maybe you're currently experiencing a time in your life where you've had to grieve a loss of someone who is still living or where you've had to let go of someone or something and that you've had to grieve it. When we lose someone either by circumstances that are out of our control or if we intentionally put up a boundary and have to let go of someone, it's just a challenge to be able to know what to do in your brain and how to grieve that situation or person differently than if they were no longer on the earth plane. There are just so many circumstances where this could be true for you, where you're letting someone go. Some circumstances could be, for example, a loss of a friendship or a falling out. Uh, Maybe it's a breakup with someone that you love dearly, and even though you still love them, for whatever reason, you're not together. Also, there's a kind of loss where when you break up, it can lead to the loss of either the other person's friends or your mutual friends that you had together, and also their family. Sometimes we become really connected and supported by the people in our life and their families and friends, and we all of a sudden might find ourselves without those people in our life. Also, we might either move either across the country or into a different neighborhood, which changes maybe some of your friendships that were based on your location, or someone else moves away from you and it changes. The other kind of loss is maybe a realization that you need to have a boundary with a person or for whatever reason you need to minimize contact or interactions in order to stay healthy or safe or just to honor your inner knowing and truth at this moment. And especially if this is a family member, this can definitely cause a ripple effect in the whole system. That is because as we know, or maybe you don't know, but most of us probably know by now that when we change, or if we start having new expectations or boundaries to keep ourselves safe, that 
other people often don't know how to deal with that because we are literally a new version of ourselves. So they don't know how to interact with this new version of ourselves. And the hardest part for most people about setting a boundary is being able to handle and deal with other people's responses or reactions and knowing that they might not be okay with it. They could be upset. And you as the person making the boundary needing to allow them to have their feelings and emotions and being strong enough to realize that you're not going to be able to please everybody and that in order to keep yourself safe or to do the loving, healthy thing for you, that this thing is necessary, even if it's excruciating and difficult and knowing that other people might not respond well, they could respond well. But oftentimes there is a little ripple effect and a little bit of a backlash. So for me, recently this year, I had to start having a really hard boundary for me in order to keep myself safe. And that boundary was with my brother. And for years, I justified his behavior I accepted that his mental health was maybe a little challenge and know that he has been through a lot in life. You know, I mean, he not even including childhood trauma that was maybe not completely dealt with. He did two tours in the military uh, overseas and went through a really tough divorce And so, you know, I just, I love him and I'm an empath. And I just really also felt so much empathy for his circumstances. I also felt really grateful for him and felt actually indebted to him because he helped me out financially in the past when I was struggling. And because I love him so much and I care so deeply and we used to be so close and such good friends, I just kept tolerating his behavior And my thought process was something like this, you know, I just need to work harder at being more compassionate and maybe I could see this as a challenge to work on my own stuff to be less triggered and less judgmental. And, you know, as the years have passed, we would typically only see each other anyway on holidays, maybe on his kids' birthdays or if our parents would come to visit us for their birthdays or for celebrations and Hallmark days. Um, Maybe sometimes my parents would randomly come up and occasionally visit us and we'd see each other, but it wasn't anything regularly. And because of how he is at this time, he tends to really isolate. He doesn't really reach out or initiate text or conversation. And I kind of started noticing that I was the one always calling or always reaching out without necessarily any text or reply back. Or sometimes I'd get a reply back, but like a month later, or there's just there just is a disconnect there. And I just would go around and around with, you know, wanting to be the bigger person and not wanting to respond how he responds to me and wanting to stay authentic to myself and in that like loving, compassionate place. And like when we would get together, the visits that we would have would probably last, I would say, three to five hours. Yet every single time I was 
super aware and I got more aware and started noticing that I would be super exhausted and irritated and angry. And I felt like he just sucked all the energy from the room and I felt super frustrated and sad. And I would just feel really awful after interacting with him or even if he didn't say or do anything directly to me, like even just witnessing some of his behavior towards other family members, just things like that. It just really started taking a toll on me. And this last June, my family got together to celebrate his birthday and the level of intensity that everyone felt. And I can't speak for everyone, but I know for myself. I mean, he had my mom in tears. I was in tears. I know my dad was probably a little upset. And I decided then and there that I just will no longer be able to interact with him for now. And I know that that was the hardest thing for me, but it was actually the biggest act of self-love that I could have done. And you know, that can change in the future. I'm hopeful and I am open to connecting if something changes, but I really just acknowledge that I didn't feel safe or good interacting. And the fact is that I can't control what he does or how he behaves. He's running a model in his head and he's having perceptions and behaviors in his life and they just don't match with mine and that's okay. But I just realized that it really was okay to choose me and I can still love him I can still care about him deeply. I still want him to feel happy and have an amazing life. And I certainly dream about the day that we can be friends or at least cordial again. And I think the best thing sometimes that we can do for anyone, whether that person is sick or struggling or having challenges of any kind, is to envision them as the best version of themselves and envision them as already healed if they're sick. If they're struggling, envision them as having ease in their life and feeling joy. I can choose to see the best of my brother and focus on him and his strengths rather than obsessing about all of the flaws or the hardships. And I can honestly do that easier right now from a distance. And for me, that feels healing. But also, it's incredibly sad I've had to go through the process in the last few months since June and even starting before that of letting go of this person that is supposed to be a brother and what that means to me and had to start accepting the reality of what is and how he is showing up and what he's showing me. And that's all I can do. And the truth is... (laughs) I still don't have all the answers. I sometimes still feel super sad and confused and ask why. And it's really kind of a work in progress for me. And that's why I wanted to come on today because it's a vulnerable thing to expose this. But it's also like I know so many of you either have or are currently going through this where you've maybe had to let someone go intentionally or maybe unintentionally. And how do we deal with this grieving process of someone that's still living? This Christmas was going to be kind of interesting because my parents, for the first time, moved to Arizona for six months of the year. 
they were going to officially, they retired and they were officially doing the the thing that a lot of people in the Northern Hemisphere do, which is move south away from the cold for six months. And so I feel really fortunate and blessed and very joyful for my parents that they moved this year. They have a place in Arizona. So I went to visit them before the holidays And I was really contemplating and like wondering if my brother would actually even text me or reach out to me, but he didn't. And I felt that really hardcore. I felt super sad on Christmas Eve when I knew that he didn't have his kids and he was alone and that he didn't text or call me or reach out. But because he is so checked out and isolates, I don't even think that he actually knows that I intentionally made a choice not to communicate or interact with him. That's how fractured the relationship was or is. I used to think that if I would reach out to him more or if I love him more or if I can just be an example and like hang out with him more or work on myself more that he would come around. But the hard reality is that many times in life when we grow or evolve, which is what our soul is here to do, among other things like create and have joy and play and show love and things like that, we are going to inevitably lose people. We're going to have to let go of things and places and jobs and cars and even old ideas and beliefs or identities that we were once comfortable with. It's like we outgrow it and it fits too tightly, like a glove that doesn't fit. And it's so uncomfortable that we have to let go. We have to move on. And you know, as we grow, we gain wisdom. We get life experience and we stop knocking on doors that just won't open. Or if they do open, they're not satisfying and they don't give us what we really are seeking anyway. We stop trying to get validation from the outside and we stop trying to get love and all of our needs met from one person or from people that are incapable or unwilling. Just because someone's family and shares the same DNA, our blood doesn't guarantee safety. It doesn't guarantee support. It doesn't guarantee connection. If you have a family that that's true for you, that's wonderful. But so many of us and so many people, they also get connection and safety and love from friends or groups or partners. And the people who can often really see us and really be present with us may or may not be in our family. And the truth is, I am awakening more every day to the beauty of all of the connections and safety and presence that I find in all different people in all different forms some surprise me. And most importantly, I find that in myself and in being with myself and with my source, whether you call that God, spirit, infinity, whatever you call it, when I'm in connection with nature, when I'm with my breath, when I'm with my body and all of its movement and sensations, I'm okay. The truth is, even if we have loving family that is connected and loving, how many of the times can we really have true presence that's neutral and uninterrupted? Because, you know, life is busy and people are just doing their best. But a lot of times, even within our families, we don't necessarily have presence all the time or or real connection without static. And so I just wanted to come today making this less about my brother and my journey, but more about sharing that 
it is possible to grieve this loss. And it is possible. And it's the most loving, most true, most authentic thing that we can do to let ourselves let go when we know it's time. It's the most loving thing to do to keep yourself safe and to feel like you can be in control of what feels good to you and still have empathy and love and compassion for other people's journeys and where they're at in their life. So I'm wondering, is there a boundary that you need to create now to take care of yourself better? And just a reminder, boundaries are never to control other people. They're always set to keep you safe. So what it might look like is you can make a request of someone and you want it to be specific. For example, if you start talking about X, I will do Y. So an example, if you start talking about politics, I will leave the room. Or whatever the boundary is for you, you can be specific and you're just letting the person know ahead of time what the expectation is that you will do to keep yourself safe. And they're welcome to keep talking about politics because you can't control that. So we can make requests of other people, and if they're not willing to honor it, we can remove ourselves from the situation. No explanation needed. But if you do love and care about the person and you want to let them know in advance what you will do if this situation comes up, that is okay too. Is there a boundary that you would like to create right now to take better care of yourself? And it can be something really minor or it can be something really big that's been hard on you or that is something that you need to express to take care of yourself. Another question is, what could you let go of? For example, a habit, an old story that you keep telling about yourself, maybe that you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're too old, you're too young, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you know, whatever stories you have running in your head, you're too poor to do X, Y, Z. Could you let go of a person an object, maybe some clothing that no longer serves you or brings you joy. Maybe it's time to change jobs or a relationship, or maybe you feel content right now. And maybe you've just let go of a whole bunch and it's not the time for you to let go. But what is it if there is anything that you could let go of? And then another thing to contemplate is what doors are you knocking on that aren't actually supporting you? And where in your life are you conversely being uplifted celebrated, supported, and acknowledged. Because it's just as important to become aware of where we're not supported, but also to find resources and friends and groups and therapy and coaches and people and places. And that can be physical places that you resonate with. You know, there's certain hikes that I love to go on that completely support me. So where are those places? And do more of that and find your resources and know the ways in which you are supported and acknowledge and be grateful for those things and those places and those people that do celebrate you. And I know sometimes we feel alone and that we don't have anyone celebrating us or supporting us. And the thing that I want to come back to is no matter what, even though connection is really important and that's going to be another podcast topic, you can give that presence and that love to yourself from yourself. And it's really powerful medicine. I just want to say I love you so much. 
and I hope you're taking care of yourself. And I hope that you know that if you're grieving someone or if you're grieving a loss, especially if the person or situation is still here on the earth, they're still living. I feel you and I got you. And there is a way through this. Thanks for being here today and we'll talk next week. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.